Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 achievers growing our lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Think of how fast technology is changing, that we're changing just as fast because of what we're consuming, who we're around, we're learning faster, we have access to so many things, like we are changing so fast and the world is changing fast. That means our businesses also need to have this natural progression, so building in time to be able to do that. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is another live living room session that I am doing with my incredible friend, Lindsay Schwartz, who has the Powerhouse Women podcast and live event. She's also one of my besties. So I think you'll get that pretty quickly. She brings out the best slash worst in me, meaning my humor gets real, real good, guys. <laughs> it's one of the most fun things that we get to do. And this particular episode is brought to you by the Good Vibe Studio. It is a production playground based in Phoenix, Arizona. It's women-owned, operated, and it was built for photographers, content creators, podcasters, filmmakers, and all creatives. It has five studio spaces available for rent. Each studio offers a different vibe for diversity and creative content. And to learn more about the studio and their memberships or even rentals. And, you know, you guys can host something like we're hosting there. If you're interested in that as well, you can go follow the Good Vibe Studios or just visit thegoodvibestudio.com. The links are below in the show notes. We also have a really special guest at this living room session and we decided to surprise the audience and they were freaking out, you guys. I think you're going to love this one. It is all about the transitions in our life and really what they feel like. So we talked about how instead of calling it a pivot, we're calling it an evolution. We're calling it an upgrade. So get ready because a lot of you are resisting your upgrade right now. And after this episode, you're going to be ready to evolve into that butterfly that you know you're meant to be. We get real. We are raw. 
more hilarious in our opinions. So <laughs> that's up to you to decide, but I think you're going to love it. Let's get started. Can we please give the biggest welcome to Natalie Ellis, our guest tonight? <laughs> share this she was like I'm like no we're gonna introduce you after we sit down and she's like what if people don't know who I am that would be awkward <laughs> I'm like this group is gonna know who you are you're gonna be just fine so I was saying wouldn't it just be awful if someone hyped up a really amazing surprise guest and then they announced the name and everyone's like Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is Ethel from Iowa <laughs> But thank you. That made me uh, feel like you did know what Boss Babe was, which makes me very proud. Can you hype them up? And either way, they're just, you know, they get Give, them wine. Give, them, wine. Give them wine. Give them wine. Hype them up. Give them wine and they're excited. <laughs> little teaser. Oh, it's so it's- good. Well, we're so excited to have you here. Like when Lindsay and I were putting this together, we said, and what if, what if we also had like these incredible guests that joined us and people were just like, what? How am I getting to do this in such an intimate setting? Because Natalie doesn't really put herself in these situations super often and she's got a babes at home and her new baby so I'm just did you get that joke I got I got that her husband and a baby okay (laughs) but today we are going to be talking about I say like our favorite topic but we say that every single week you guys our favorite topic of the week tonight we are going to talk about transitions and when I say transitions we're going to talk about pivots but redefining pivots we're going to talk about redefining pivots into evolutions Because pivoting, it doesn't necessarily always carry like a positive connotation, right? When you hear pivot, it's like, oh shit, I'm pivoting. Like, (laughs) like, oh, like the ship was going in one direction and now you got to do a full 180 into the next. But what we're going to chat about tonight is the fact that that is not a 180 into the next direction. It is actually a natural transition, even though it may not look natural to the outside world, because historically, maybe things weren't done that way. It is a natural transition into your next evolution. So all of you are going to go through a pivot if you have not. A lot of you are going to go into this room and pivot away from your relationships. I'm just kidding. You're not. (laughs) I'm totally lying. You're going to pivot. I was not expecting that. I need some wine. (laughs) I'm totally joking, only because sometimes people come to Bliss and be like, I had an epiphany, I need to leave my husband. I'm like, no, that is not why you came and do not tell your husband that ever. Like, no, I'm changing my address. So, so with that, I would love to talk with you guys and ask you first, what does pivoting mean to you? Like what words do you use around pivoting? Does that feel really scary to you anymore? Or does, what does that feel like now that you've probably done it multiple times? Yeah. I just think back to 2020 when 2020 happened and everyone was throwing around the word pivot. We just decided that we were going to reclaim that word and instead call it reimagining that yes, like whether it's because the outside world changes and you need to change how you're showing up and how you're doing business or whether something inside changes and you realize there's a different way that you need to be operating in order to access your next level. I love the word reimagine. I think it just like brought me right back to creativity, like the creativity that can happen in a pivot, sometimes stepping back in order to leap forward. And maybe it was because I'm a, I love words and pivot just felt so harsh. It feels like it does sometimes carry a connotation like that didn't work. So now I need to go this way. When truthfully, that's actually one of the most courageous things that you can do. And I think it's a natural. It's I mean, I don't think it's a natural thing to do. I think when we resist the upgrade, like that too. I like all these words we're coming up with. Reimagining yeah, your upgrade. vocabulary is gonna. This is yeah, not too far. <laughs> but just a couple just words, a... okay? <laughs> Lower your just standards like tonight. Lower <laughs> them here. Okay. Yes. How about you, Natalie? I've had a such an up and down relationship with it because I feel like there were times in my earlier career where I would pivot from a place of fear. Like, okay, I put something out there and it's not working. Let me just pivot real fast so it doesn't look like I'm failing or this isn't working. And I would do that, and I kind of realized I would give up on things too soon and didn't really serve me to do that. And I kind of had to learn to go the distance because I had a lot of that shiny object syndrome and very like 
oh, what's the next thing? But I'm definitely in a season of pivot right now. And what I've come to realize is there's a difference between pivoting out of fear and pivoting out of growth and evolution. And one thing we were just talking about before we came on was the sunk cost fallacy where you think because you're pivoting, everything you've done up until this point is actually like a waste. And I really don't see it that way. I think even when I look at what I've built now, when I want to pivot in, you know, a new direction, I want to do some fresh new things that feel exciting. It doesn't mean mean that anything I've created in the past was irrelevant or that I'm not aligned with. It just means that, okay, I'm ready to evolve it. And I, th- I like the word upgrade it mm. and just make it more me, more relevant, more like m- more to do with what's going on right now. Mm. I like that. Totally. It's, I define it as just the next adventure. Like it's literally just the next upgrade. And if you find yourself feeling stagnant, some signs for me of when the pivot slash upgrade is coming, the the reimagining of my life. I really think what starts happening is we feel a little frustrated. We look around and we don't feel maybe as excited by our conversation sometimes. And sometimes that's on us, but sometimes it's maybe time to go seek some new rooms for some topics that, that make us feel challenged, some people that make us feel challenged. I think we can feel a bit like restless and sometimes bored, bored when we're resisting the upgrade. Because what can happen is you're just not, you're not challenged because the upgrade will always come as an uphill challenge every single time. It will never look easy. It will never be something that you're like, yeah, I'm doing that. That's going to be amazing. And then it's easy. It's like, yeah, I'm doing that. That's awesome. And why did I say I wanted to do this? (laughs) Like, this is so hard. And that's a lot of the ways that those are going to come through. Is anybody in that at all right now? Okay. Well, great. You're in the right room. One thing I also think, I'm wondering if you feel the same way. Sometimes you can feel really burned out and pivot in a way that does make things a little bit easier. Because sometimes I have pictured myself being in a place of burnout where I'm trying to do something and it's like pushing a boulder uphill, but Mm -hmm. I make a few pivots and tweaks and it's like skiing downhill. And like there's ways, and maybe that's just because you feel more in alignment and more excited about Mm -hmm. it. And I think things feel easier when you're excited, but I know when I'm really not in a place of alignment, I'm like, oh, this boulder is so heavy. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so glad you said that because that is 100% where I was and now where I'm going. I feel like I'm downhill skiing on something that should feel challenging only because I was pushing a boulder up a hill that was fairly impossible. I hate using that word, but it's like sometimes it's like the universe will keep hitting you over the head with that two by four and, you know, the sledgehammer. And sometimes it's like, is this my hill to die on? is this really the hill I'm supposed to die on? Is it really meant to be this incredibly hard, challenging, like actually not enjoyable anymore, especially after a long, long, I'm talking, okay, we we get to be in those seasons for a little while, but I'm talking like a two-year season. It's time to go, is there something different? Is there something else? Is there something that could still hold the same kind of like idea, but in a different way. So you're not really necessarily doing that big 180. It's kind of like, let's take this idea that you loved and see if it can fit in a different vehicle. Yeah. So. Yeah. I always look at, if I look backward, right, it's always so easy to connect the dots looking backward. Isn't that the Steve Jobs quote? And I try to remember that when I'm in a season where I know I'm evolving again, because when I look back, it always made sense. It made sense why I had to go from one thing to the next because of what I learned and who I became in the process. So I love what you shared about the cost. We think that by going down one road, if it doesn't end up being the thing, like I, I'm 39 years old. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Can we just like normalize that? Because who I am right now will not, I guarantee it won't be who I am in 10 years. So I've come to understand that my evolution is the one thing that is, it's a definite. What that looks like and what I learn along the way and where it's going to lead me, of course I can't see that now. I'm not the person that I'm going to be when I head into that next season. Now, it may always look like a version of what it looks like right now, but if we're really giving ourselves room to grow, which is literally what we're designed to do as human beings, we're meant to evolve. Of course, your vision is going to evolve as you do. And there's not actually a cost because if you're learning the lessons you're meant to learn, now, if you're not learning the lessons, that's where like you ever find yourself in like a bad relationship and then you break up with that person, but you find yourself in the same bad relationship with a different face. <laughs> <laughs> same relationship. 
So if you're not evolving, that's where the pivots, I think, can feel painful because you're like, well, this isn't it either. Look inward. What lesson did you not learn? What lesson are you avoiding? What are you actively resisting that until you learn it, until you evolve in that way, you're not going to be able to go in the direction of the thing that is going to feel more aligned or that is going to feel more fulfilling. And that's my favorite part of all the, if we want to call them pivots that I've done up until this point is literally being able to look at how I'm a different person because of what I learned from it. So I wouldn't trade any of it in. I wouldn't have wished this journey to go any faster than it's gone because of who I got to become in the process. I don't know if either of you feel that. Yeah, I, it's kind of when you're talking, it's like trading cards. I even think about some decisions I've made or things that I've done. It's almost like, okay, that experience gave me the confidence. That experience gave me the relationships. That experience gave me this. And I'm collecting all these trading cards and I'm going to trade them in for this new, th- mm. like the product. Okay, I'm going to finally launch that business. Oh, and that had to give me this. And we're just constantly, I don't know if there ever is a time when, I mean, maybe someone can tell me, but they've ever like figured this whole thing out. I feel like we're all just <laughs> continuing to get these cards and then be like, Do you know what? I'm going to throw it all in and try something new. And, right. and it kind of feels fun and exciting. And I don't know that I want to know where I'm going to be in five years. I don't. Yeah. That would be no fun because I feel like the surprise turns are some of the most fun. And I think the thing that I trust now is that I don't have to see the how and I actually don't want to because sometimes it's like, It's the most fun surprise when the person, you kind of feel like you need to have either this network already done, which sometimes you do, but at the same time, I've had people come into my life in one day who are like the new trajectory of something. So I always like say things or say prayers or say intentions that I'm like, hey, surprise me with someone who just, I say things like that, like, like shock me today. Like show me something that just excites me so much around this uh, new direction or, you know, I'm totally open to it. And then we see it because a lot of us miss it too. And especially I think as women, we can struggle with trusting people and trusting other women. And sometimes you have to take that ride of like, hey, this feels really good. Would you ever want to like try this or do this? And just, you know, especially if we have all the trading cards when the surprise comes, meaning all of the past experiences, according to Natalie with trading cards, I love that. If we have a lot of trading cards and we have so much history and lessons, you can kind of take those leaps and surprises a little bit faster because you know how to do contracts. You know how to have the conversations. You know how to set the expectations. You know how to talk about the hard things that you would never normally talk about. So it's been really interesting where I'm like, wow, things can move a lot faster after you've done these challenging times in your life. So you can, you can trust a little faster because you have the safety nets and the boundaries and the, and the languaging and, and the practice to be able to know how to do those things. So, so I would love for each of you, Natalie, if you want to tell me like one of the times in your life, maybe either a lesson from a pivot that you've loved or something that was really hard, anything around it. I mean, I feel like I'm going through such a pivot right now. So I can share definitely more in the, in the moment. When I went back to work after my maternity leave, it was just way too soon. And I was very much feeling like a whole different person slotting into an old role in an old business. Mm. And something about it wasn't fitting. And I kept getting so frustrated that it wasn't fitting. And I just kept like shoving it in there. Come on, come on, <laughs> you can do it. It's like that pair of pants that yeah. definitely was not fitting me. <laughs> and I just kept trying till I realized, okay, I need to step back and take breath and realize things have changed and I've changed and the only person this isn't serving right now is me because I'm showing up for everyone else in my life but myself and that isn't going to work for me and so I decided to take a step back and that was really scary for me because I'm Capricorn 8 and control freak you get it right (laughs) so to take a step back and put a lot of trust in my team was you know, it was challenging because I really needed to step back and not just, you know, cut my, like I I really wanted to step back and take a full breather. And luckily, you know, I had an amazing co-founder, amazing team that did incredible things with the business. And it was the first time in in over a decade that I'd not been like working on my business in the way I was used to. And that was really scary. But what really came out of that for me was I was able to really find myself again and a new version of myself like get to know the new version of myself and find the person that was always in there that was kind of being hidden by so many things I got to really find and meet her and then figure out what I wanted to do in business and how my role would look different or you know how my business would look different and that felt absolutely incredible and then claiming that was a whole 
new ball game. I think it's really scary sometimes to speak up and say when you've changed to a lot of people around you that maybe aren't in a season of change, family, friends, team, everyone. So there was so many things going on in that pivot, but it feels really good. And one thing that I've learned from that is, and this is a big lesson for me because I really feel like I'm in such flow with everything. I feel more energetic than I've ever felt. And I have that because I took a break and I allowed myself to get creative, to get the space again, to think again, to have fun again. And what I am very aware of is if I fall back into the same patterns of, yeah, put that meeting on my calendar. Yeah, I'll go to that thing. Yeah, I'll do that for you. Yes, yes, yes. I'll make you happy and say yes. I will find myself in the exact same situation I was in. And so that space created creativity and it's allowed me to create momentum, but I cannot stop my momentum because I get busy again. And so I'm really becoming intentional every week, reviewing my calendar, creating systems and processes around, making sure that I'm not filling my calendar up again. Because if I make my calendar so full that I can't think and create, I'm going to be back to where I started. So that's been such a big lesson for me. I'm having these moments of just hearing you talk about how when we really crowd our lives with so many things, that is how we will never do a natural transition into the next evolution. It will feel like a crash landing because you won't even have room to give yourself space to think. I'm thinking about like, how can we naturally implement this time for us to be like, who am I now? Who am I six months later? Who am I a year later? Because we're changing so fast. Think of how fast technology is changing. That we're changing just as fast because of what we're consuming, who we're around. We're learning faster. We have access to so many things. Like we are changing so fast and the world is changing fast. That means our businesses also need to have this natural progression. So building in time to be able to do that. Yeah. And if you have people-pleasing tendencies, I think that can be really challenging, especially... (laughs) Yeah. In the world uh-huh. we're in now where, where our DMs are filled with people who are like asking if they can collaborate and do certain things or, you know, your community and audience is asking for a support in a whole new direction or your team is asking for the vision, the next step. You know, people are asking things of you. Your family might be asking what's next. And I think speaking from experience and can be really easy to give a premature answer out of people pleasing because you want to console them because you being in your unsureness is making them feel uncomfortable because of their unsureness. And that's not your problem to solve. And that's been something that I've really had to be intentional about. You know, I have the most incredible team and it's really reasonable that they would want to know where we're going. And I'm having to say to them, hey, I can tell you where we're going to go in the next three months, but I can't tell you where we're going to go in the next 12 months. I'm just going to ask you to trust me. I've never let you down yet and I'm not going to let you down, but I'm going to have to ask you to trust me. And that's been a really interesting journey. Similarly with my husband, you know, he was like, are you ever going to go back to work? I don't know. And obviously obviously you can't keep me away from my work. And I did, but I didn't want to have to say to him yes and give him a time. It was very much just like, let me be in my process. Let me be in my space. And that was something I had to really, work on because I'm very much a people pleaser or was let me I'm changing my identity my friends I was a people pleaser that alter ego of me oh my gosh I have a question for you around that before we jump into yours just around did you ever feel like you needed validation because you were kind of like out of the spotlight for a bit did you ever feel like oh my god I'm losing my credibility do I need to go jump back in or did that not really come in that season Truthfully, yes, there was two ways that that showed up for me. The first time was it was actually really nice to step back and not have kind of all of that going on because I've just had that going on for a really long time. You know, I've been doing Instagram, what, a decade now. And so I've been very used to showing up very consistently and having that two-way feedback. So the initial breather was amazing. And then there was part of me starting to question, okay, what does my next path look like? Do I want to continue doing what I'm doing? Which I do, but at the time I didn't know. And all of those questions popped up. Okay, well, you know, will I still be me if I left Instagram? Would I still be me if I just deleted my email list? You know, those things pop up. Will I still be relevant? Will I still get invited to things? Will anyone want to have me on their podcast? Like all of those questions pop up because some part of us ties our worth to the following, the downloads, the emails. And we think, oh, am I being invited to that thing because of that? And I kind of got to a place where I was like, you know what? If they don't want me, they're not going to fucking get me. (laughs) 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 They're not going to get me. Um, And I really came to terms with that because there's a lot of people that will be there for you and love on you when you've got something to offer them. And there'll be people that really fall away when you don't. And I just decided, you know what? 
show me. And that was really nice to just own and to to feel confident in and step into. And ultimately, I decided I do want to keep doing what I'm doing. And I do want to change it so that it fits my lifestyle. And I don't want to be in the kind of same burnout cycles that I was. But there's a lot of fear in that, like the self-worth stuff. Even, you know, I put out self-worth affirmations almost every single day. You might have seen one of them. And I still, <laughs> I'm still having to say it to myself. Yeah. Still. Oh, it's so real. We especially love the ones with the word fuck in them. They get shared the most. Yeah, they do. They it, do. Did you ever it, notice that? And like, fuck or shit? Yes. My top six posts of all time. We're, that's all we're going to see now from this group. Just swear words. Hot tip. We're like, Hot you tip. guys just have to write the, a sentence around it, really it, not just is. the swear words. It's like, does something to go, like, Instagram algorithm? Because secretly, we don't want to be people pleasers. We no. literally just want to let it be okay it to be. It just does something yes. for people. <laughs> Like just if you if you've got a quote that's doing well, just like put the F word in there and it'll just turn See up a what dial. Happens. Do a split Break test. It right up. Do a split test. Do a split test. Yeah. Just try it. Keep your mom on the other one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the amount of times I have hidden things from my grandma. <laughs> Sorry. I want to keep grandma alive. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hey y'all, I'm so excited to share with you that this podcast, Earn Your Happy, is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. Truly, this is like one of the most exciting things that has ever happened to me. I'm telling you, I no longer feel like I'm doing this alone and I actually get to collaborate with the people who host the podcast that I'm obsessed with, like that I have been listening to myself, who inspired me to start a podcast, who have taught me about how to go and do the thing, like the original people who got me motivated through listening to their podcasts. You guys, a bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and to support shows and brands that we believe in. And one of my friends are also on this network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to their show. You guys, I just had Danielle Canty on of the Boss Babe podcast. She co-hosts it with her other amazing co-host and one of my friends, Natalie Ellis. You guys, you can go check out that podcast on mine. It's episode 925 and Danielle and I talk all about burnout and how that could be showing up in your life and most importantly, how to prevent it. But I want to tell you, if you have not gone and checked out the Boss Babe podcast yet, go subscribe because it is one of the largest online communities for ambitious women and female entrepreneurs. And I know that if you're listening to the show, chances are that's probably you. You guys, they have 3.6 million followers and 380,000 subscribers. The Boss Babe podcast is the place where they share real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. Most of all, you guys, truly, these women are in my life. Danielle and Natalie are people that I text on a weekly, monthly basis when I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel stuck. What should I do? I tune into their podcast, you guys, to learn. Even though they're my friends, I am still like crazy obsessed with this podcast because I learn something new every single time I listen. It makes me be a better podcaster. It makes me be a better businesswoman. It just makes me be better and more confident out in the world because they're so real and raw. And I can tell you that in the moments where I have had horrible days, down days, I've either gone and listened to this podcast or I've texted them because these are the people who truly get it. You want to listen to the people who are walking in the same footsteps that you are. You guys go check out the boss babe podcast you're not going to be sorry and it's just gonna like make you way smarter and you're gonna have way more fun so go check it out hey y'all if you didn't know Earn Your Happy is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. This is so exciting to me because I have been looking for a really good home for the show for I can't even tell you, years, literally. And now I've finally been able to come together and collaborate with other people who have incredible shows and I want to share them with you. One of the shows is Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. And you guys, if you don't know about the beginning of my career, I literally started with Brennan Bouchard's work. It's how I launched one of my very first online courses and membership sites was because he gives so much advice that you can integrate and implement immediately. And that's 
that's what you're going to get on the show. Not just motivation, but you're going to learn exactly how to get your stuff out in the world. And not just that, but Brennan runs in the most incredible group of humans who are really doing the thing out in the world that you want to be doing. So go check it out. Go subscribe to Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I promise you this is going to be one of those shows that no matter when you tune in, you're going to get value. Like it's not one of those that you're like, God, I listened for 30 minutes and I didn't get what I wanted. Like from the beginning, you're going to get something that changes your life or changes your business. So go check it out. Motivation with Brendan Bouchard. I know you're going to love it. I'm obsessed. How about you, Lynn? So relatable, especially when you were talking about the people-pleasing tendencies, because my biggest pivot probably came when I went from the first business that I built into giving myself permission to go all in on powerhouse women before it was monetizing in a significant way. And I think that's one of the boldest pivots that you can make is to leave something that's going really well. And it probably won't make sense to anyone other than you. Because I was the only one that could feel what I was feeling, that could see what I was seeing. And I was doing it with a plan. So I had the support of my husband and, you know, the people who matter, pretty much just him. The, the people who mattered, right? <laughs> I was like, pretty much no one else got one. it. Okay. <laughs> but it was because in this previous business, I had taught a lot of people to rely on me. Because that felt really good felt really comfortable to be needed. And I realized I created a life that I couldn't walk away from without leaving a couple of bridges burned. And that was on me. That wasn't anyone else's fault. I had a lot of codependent relationships that it it just wasn't going to, it wasn't going to evolve in a natural way. And I just had to have the guts to say, I know you don't understand, but I'm also asking you to just love me in this new direction that I want to go. I really believe in this. I think this idea, I think this little idea called powerhouse women could be a thing. But imagine, imagine like, had I not listened to that, there was way more evidence for why I should stay doing what I was doing. A really nice residual income, a lot of speaking opportunities, acknowledgement. I was put on stages. I was given awards. I mean, you remember that like it's, but on the inside, if you know there's something more for you, it's the willingness to be a beginner again. I think it's one of the most courageous things any of us can do is reinvent ourselves. And what you learn about yourself in the process by being willing to be a beginner will rock your world. It's one of the reasons why right now I'm taking dance classes with these two amazing people sitting in the front row. Because, you know, I it made me fall in love with being a beginner because it feels awkward and I grow and I get to see my own limiting beliefs and I get to see the way I talk to myself when I'm not great at something initially. It's given me so many gifts, but I learned that in that season where I trusted my own intuition, maybe for the first time ever and said, you know what? No one else sees what I can see. And I need to be okay with that and not need the validation like you were just talking about, because in the past I would go around and I'd be like, here's my new idea do you think this is a good idea? Like, how are we feeling? I would just probably <laughs> ask everyone in this room, how like, I'm going to, I'm going to I just wanted to hear you say that to people. How are we feeling so about my new idea? I'm feeling about this. I like it. And then if they, like, maybe they were like about to sneeze. So like their face would like contort in a weird way. And it'd be like, they hate it. Not they, hate, they hate me. I'm an idiot. I really should. But here's what I want you to remember. Okay. And this was, this really served me in the beginning. Be careful who you share your really, really big ideas with in the beginning when it's just a little seed, because a big idea is easiest to kill when it's in that seed form. So don't expect everyone to get it because you were given that vision. You were given the vision for what you can see. Everyone else can't see it. So they're not going to water that seed, even if they love you. And that's what you hope for is right. Having the people who love you enough to say, I don't see what you see, but I believe in you. I'd bet on you any day of the week. Because what you have to realize is that your job is to work 
I'm like, what are some farming terms? Here, hold on. I'm not a gardener, okay? I have I don't have a green thumb, but I'm gonna try. Okay, ready? It's like me, it's like me using skydiving analogies yes. last time. I Can like you- to use analogies that I have no business using. So back to gardening, okay? But- I just want you to work in a hoe. That's all. <laughs> oh, thank you. See, this is why. This is right. Bring your funny friends around. So imagine you've got your hoe. <laughs> I got one all the time. It's and you're <laughs> watering your seed. You're probably fertilizing. This and I think is that's way important. too much. This, okay. We're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back. But here's, okay. yeah. here's the okay. important piece, right? There's a lot of steps in between planting the seed and harvesting the fruit. Focus on the part that you can see. Do the work. Grab that hoe every day. <laughs> Till the soil or whatever the fuck you Plant do. Plant your seed. But here's the thing. Some people won't get it. They won't validate it until there's fruit. By that time, it will probably be too long for them to actually be a part of it. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, like the people who don't buy in when it isn't impressive and when you don't have anything to offer them. But mm-hmm. it's important to realize that there, people aren't going to get it when it's in that seed form. But it's important for you to protect it. Because if you don't, other people could easily talk you out of something that's going to be your next big thing. And -hmm. it's going to make a huge impact. And you just have to trust that, especially if you can feel it or see it. You know, some of us get intuition like physically. I'm a generator in human design, so I feel intuition like, but some people get a visual glimpse of what's ahead and you just have to trust that even when no one else around you can see it. Unless it's like a really safe person who really has your back and is not sure you should pursue that. Even maybe you should second guess that because if you know that Mm -hmm. you're meant to go down that path, again, if we take the the viewpoint that you can't actually fail, you're either going to learn something Mm -hmm. or you're going to grow or it is going to be a success. Anything in between there, I'll take all day. I'll take the lesson if it gets me to to the next place that I need to evolve to in order to really become the person I'm ne- that I'm meant to be. But I'm so grateful that I listened to me. I think that was the first time, that pivot was the first time that I listened to me, even though no one else was validating it. Maybe five people. <laughs> you know, like the people who showed up at that first event and mm-hmm. said, well, when's the next one? And I was like, this was literally it. <laughs> hold, hold on a sec. Let me think about this. Give me a minute. Yeah. Go to the bathroom and think of something. Right? <laughs> so I'm so grateful that I listened to that intuition because everything people now know me for wouldn't exist if I hadn't. Let's talk about some of the, the let's talk about the in-between, the transition periods, because I think this is the most important thing. We can talk about the evolution and the upgrades and all the exciting stuff that is coming, but it's going to be the in-between that's going to derail you and is going to put you back into the thing that you already know, that you're already getting validation for. Trust me, there were multiple times where actually I'll, I'll start out by sharing a story around that. So I really want to talk about what the transition actually feels like to prepare you for it and then also how to support yourself around it. So we'll go and, and chat about that. So when I was in the fitness world, that was honestly the first time I'd ever finished anything, like ever at all. Meaning I had never, I I didn't graduate high school. I never like really stuck to jobs very long. I wanted to start these different things and never did. So when I, so I never got any accolades and I never, being raised in a really religious family, the only time you got recognized was for like religious purposes. If you were a good girl, if you did the things that you were supposed to do and the congregation wanted you to do. So I had never actually gotten recognition for like school, doing something well, any athletics, because I wasn't in any, like nothing. You weren't allowed to be in them. So for me, what happened is when I got into fitness after I moved out, there were some quick hits of like recognition around, oh, you're so fit. And I was like, I am? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get more fit. And she did. (laughs) And I did at the cost of my (laughs) mental health in every arena. But that addiction got really intense, like literally down to, down to places where it was like, no one commented on my arms this week because I I wasn't getting it anywhere else in my life. So when I was in the fitness world and started getting attention around, uh, you know, fitness competitions and winning and then getting in on covers like that was a whole other world of this is who I am now. I actually don't know who I am outside of this. I can't imagine ever leaving it except not long after being in it, I was like, I'm not really supposed to be here anymore. 
And that was the scariest place I think I've ever been because up till that point, that was the scariest thing I'd ever done. And what ended up happening is even a, even a couple of years after, and even throughout my career, I would notice that when I was going into a new transition, I'd be like, oh my God, you know what? Oh, I should go try to get a cover. And sometimes I would, but guess what that cover would do? Yeah, it would be awesome because I would get that accolade and I would, I'd feel fulfilled for a little bit. The cover would come out. And honestly, it was like two weeks, you're kind of done and you're already like, great, that didn't last. Like nobody really... It's weird, right? Nobody keeps talking about it. You're like, come on, people. <laughs> no one no came up in the to, grocery store. It's like, story. no matter how many times you post it, they're kind of like, saw it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, do you know how long this took and how hungry I was? <laughs> so it's really easy to run back to that thing. And the thing is not fulfilling necessarily because it's not on your future path anymore. But this is what we do over and over and over in our lives with our relationships with our friendships, with our careers. So the transition is a really tricky spot. It's going to pull you back over and over because you want a dopamine hit around your identity. You want a dopamine hit around something feeling like you understand it. It just feels good to go back to something and be like, ooh, I'm good at this. Yeah, this is right. Okay, this yeah. feels good. I am good. But you don't get to do that if you're really evolving in the way that your soul is craving. It's really, really uncomfortable. It feels like a free fall. It feels treacherous. It feels like you're going to lose your entire identity. Like there were definitely places where I was like, I'm not going to be loved anymore. Who am I even going to hang out with? Like I was very aware, you know how you were like, I'm, it's kind of interesting who you see, who you're hanging out with. Like I was very aware some of my relationships were only for some reasons. And it's like, part of me didn't mind it because I was a lonely kid. You know, part of me was just like, cool, I'm popular. Thank God. But if I transition from this, I won't be popular anymore. And so that's been a big thing that has followed me everywhere in my life that I always have to think about when I'm transitioning. Because it's like, yep, wherever you are, you take you with you. And you is the best thing that you can ever invest in in those transitions. I, I want to talk about kind of the things that you guys have experienced in your transitions. Well, when you said that, the first thing that I thought of was, can we talk about how relationships evolve oh, inevitably? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just going to. That's necessary. Yes. I don't really have anything else to say on that. Otherwise, then I would love to hear what you have to say. That was it. Do you know what no, we but, need up here? Just like a, right? a, a stuffed mic that we can just drop when we're done. When we were just like, no. <laughs> but, yes. it, you know, it's something that I, I, in your community, probably talks about this a lot, too. It's, it's, I think, the number one thing that prevents a lot of people from fully stepping in and committing to the next thing. Because it it is. It's really, it's challenging when you see the writing on the wall and you know relationships are evolving and that person who is like your running mate, like you were in the trenches together, maybe just for whatever reason, that's not the case for this next season. And it really wasn't until I read your book that I ever heard someone talk about how certain relationships come into our life for life and others are for a season, other for, others are for a lesson. And those are real fun when you get to be, I love your quote about, you know, in order to be the hero in someone's story, mm -hmm. sometimes you need to be the villain first mm -hmm. for a season. And that's probably been the toughest part for me of allowing my evolution, again, people-pleasing tendencies that have been really deep-rooted because I've wanted to make sure it's okay with everybody else before I give myself permission to evolve. That hurt. We all got punched. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Do you all want a hug? Yeah. Yeah. We liked it. We liked it, though. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> We, we liked it. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah. <laughs> Even still to this day, I would love if everyone understood my evolution. I w you know what I wish? I wish people could really see inside my heart. I wish people could really see my character and knew my heart. But that's the thing is sometimes they their journey literally needs to see you through a certain light mm -hmm. so they can grow. And I don't I don't love being anyone's trigger, but I've had to learn to be more comfortable being an unintentional trigger mm -hmm. because I'm just on my path. Because what I refuse to do anymore is change my course just to try and avoid being a trigger because maybe I'm actually shortcutting the lesson they're supposed to learn. Because mm -hmm. again, remember like the boyfriend thing? Maybe they needed to learn it with someone who's actually very loving, <laughs> right? <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to yeah. meet some asshole friend who's going to really hurt them. Mm -hmm. But to realize that I don't get to say, 
that's been the hardest, the hardest lesson for me in allowing myself to pivot is realizing that I don't get to choose. All I can do is if as long as I go to bed at night and I am proud of the person that I am and I really know my heart. Mm. And sometimes I have to check myself because I'm like, you know what? You were a little jealous or you were a little, you weren't actually showing up for that person the way that you said you would. So you got to own that. That's maybe why this is hurting. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if I can come back to myself and know that I am following my own path, Mm. then I've learned and luckily I have a lot of good friends to support me through that inevitable growth that sometimes relationships just evolve and they aren't a part of your journey anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And you just, you you made me think of a point of you don't, you don't have to explain yourself in the transition. And Ugh. I think in the beginning we do. Can we stop over explaining ourselves we in the so transition? We do so much explaining. Here's why I think I should do this. Here's why I think it'll be a good idea. Here's why, here's why. Just, just be quiet and drive. Yeah. Just just go forward. Just don't tell anyone what you're doing. Just go show them what you're doing and let it be okay what people say. Mm. How about you? A transition. Yeah. I think for me, what's been really interesting is I've wanted to kind of take a pause and figure out, okay, what about the business and my role? Do I love? What do I not love? What I want to change up and say, for example, you know, I want to lean more into content creation role versus a team management role. It doesn't mean that on Monday I can drop everything as it pertains to team management, but I've been learning how to sit with putting things on maintenance mode and keeping things running whilst also allocating time towards the new direction and the new thing. That's been a really good way for me to sit with transition because I definitely don't want to be in a place where I'm like, okay, like, clean the whiteboard. We're going to start from scratch here. No, let's think about everything that's involved. Let's do this in a way that actually maintains certain things. You know, it's not going to have team feeling like they're totally on their own, or it's not going to have this channel not getting any posts on for the next three months. But let's think about how we can maintain things while also getting really excited about what's coming up. Mm. My practical brain just goes there. And then I really relate to what you said too, about just relationships evolving. I've definitely felt that, you know, especially over the last 10 years in business, I feel like there's always so many like changes and things like that. And I think it's so, I think we have such an opportunity to be able to show up and surprise ourselves. Like really Mm. when you think that you can't show up in a different way or you can't, you can really surprise yourself. There's always a little bit of extra work you can do. There's always a bit more responsibility you can take. There's always there's always something else you can do, and whether that's directly in a conversation or relationship with person, a person or people, or whether it's your own work. Like you said, you go to bed at night and your side of the street is clean. I think there's always so much we can do and learn in that situation. And that's definitely surprised me. Like over the years, I've had so many team relationships or joint ventures, things like that. And to be able to navigate different seasons in a way that surprises you both, I think is amazing. And so it's like, never underestimate how you feel like you can show up. Like you can always, you can always do yourself proud, I think. Yeah. Transitions are a really vulnerable period. So that's how I would look at it. It's, it's a very, you feel very vulnerable. You feel mm. very unprotected. So if we think of all of the things that transition, it's kind of like thinking of how a crab goes to a bigger shell. He is so, vul- he, not all crabs are male, but... <laughs> Oh, it's just this casual one is. sexism. This one, is. this one, this particular no crab, thanks. his name is Bobby the Crab, and he is he is male. So he he's going to his other shell. In the process, he's a soft little crab. He's you naked. had crab before? Have you eaten Bobby before? <laughs> it's it's very soft. It's literally like he, you're going to seek protection in the interim. That is like the danger zone. But in order to get to the shell where he is growing to, he literally has to have that period of not knowing what's next like literally leaves, not knowing, but knowing in his soul that he's meant to be in something bigger. Like that is instinctual. This is too tight. It doesn't fit. If I don't leave, I'm going to die. Right. And I know that's dramatic, but it kind of is like your future is dying. If you don't leave Mm. the evolution of who you came here to be will be dead forever. If you don't choose to evolve and to pivot. So you have to go get naked and run on the beach <laughs> and find, in hopes of your next big house. And we want to see proof. <laughs> so you have to run naked to your next goal. But that's how it feels. It literally feels that bad. Some yeah. of you would way rather run naked into a shell or into the next hut down the beach six miles than to do an actual transition. Is that right? I would at times. 
I'm like, look, I'll do I'll, 3 a.m. It's fine. No one's going to be no, out. We'll I'll run naked. But uh, let's think of another thing, like a, a potted plant. Who's had to move a smaller plant into a bigger pot, right? Never, there, because I can't keep plants alive. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay, don't I remind me. Either, but this is like your skydiving analogy. <laughs> Roll with me. Okay. Do you know me and Danielle once tried to give a speech and and we thought it would be really smart to bring in a climbing analogy. Neither of us are climbers. <laughs> and we got so distracted, we ended up finding a friend of a friend who was a climber and called him up. And we were like, hey, Mid we're doing... Speech. No, well, we're planning for the keynote. We're like, hey, hey, we're doing a keynote. We thought it'd be really good if we put a climbing analogy in here. So this is the analogy. Does it make sense? And he so calmly, without knowing us, just said, please don't do that. Please don't say that. He was like, you're going to get laughed at. And we only realized we were like two, three hours into the climbing analogy. We'd wasted three hours on a climbing analogy. Mm -hmm. And since then, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try and stay away from these analogies because... Didn't work out. I, I kid you not, friend of a friend. We got him on a call. It wasn't even a big part of the keynote. <laughs> no, this is the best analogy right now. Here's why. Because when you're pivoting, you feel so vulnerable yeah. that anyone can come and tell you what direction to go yeah, and yeah. you believe them. Yes. Yeah. So you get in a shell that was not for you at all. And you're like, why does this not work? Yeah. And yeah. I have been in that position so many times where, especially even doing talks, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't talk on what I know because that's dumb and not smart. And so I should talk on what I absolutely don't know. And in two weeks, try to learn about the science of, I don't know, hair growth? Don't ask me. But Why for do real, we do that? I, every single time because we don't trust ourselves that we have everything. We need something we new, need. fresh. If, we, yeah. if it's not new to us, then it's not new to mm. anybody else. Mm. We got to mm. trust ourselves in the transition. Mm-hmm. I love where this always mm. just naturally goes. Like, so good. So good. Do we just say it's so good to ourselves? Yeah. And I know I jumped in, but I just had <laughs> self-affirmation. No, I, I don't know. I, I love it. That's and I see this, smiles. That's what this is about. Yeah, the, the pot. So the potted plant thing is literally just, it goes through a phase where we actually, okay, I did do this. So it can go into shock if yeah. it's not like treated properly, if you don't really watch it. And I think that that is, again, where if you don't get into the right environments, if you don't support yourself, if you don't truly know what it's going to feel like, if you don't really nurture yourself during that time and kind of block out the outside noise, like you can go into shock, number one, die again, right? We're talking about this a lot, but truly, I really mm-hmm. believe that when you're not following why you're here, it feels like you feel like the walking dead. I've mm-hmm. been there. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're just like, oh God, it's, you can't find, you can't find the energy. Like you just literally can't find the energy for anything and you don't show up as yourself. You know what it feels like even in the beginning of a transition when you know you're moving in the direction of something for you and you're like, I'm still like in a real shitty situation, but man, I feel good. Like I've got energy. I'm excited. Like if you're looking at my reality, still not great. But I'm excited because I'm I'm saying yes to me and I'm no longer rejecting myself. Mm. Like I've stopped listening to the experts because there will be a lot and they will even be great people. But you need to measure everything. You need to sit with it for a bit. You know, especially I think even writing books or naming podcasts or courses, like I don't know about you guys. Well, I do know because this is everyone. But if we could just kind of talk about a time when maybe you went down that direction or you were swayed into something. Like even with my book, they tried to get me to write a different book and a different title. And I was like, I can't write any of this because when I sat down to do it, I was like, yeah, it might sell, but I can't sell a book if I can't write it. So just being talked into things by the experts because they were experts and telling me this was going to be the next whatever. So it's very shiny. So Mm -hmm. how about you guys? Yeah, I think it's there's something about an expert telling you something. It kind of gives you this promised future. I feel like when we're in a transition period, a part of us wants a promised future. A part of us wants to be told it's going to work out. It's going to be amazing. And we Mm -hmm. want an expert to swoop in and say, this is going to be amazing and put all of their confidence and trust in you. But I really think that it takes a lot of the fun away. And almost if you have someone tell you the way it's going to be, you're, you're robbing yourself of the experience of it being even better than you could ever imagine. And I've had so many of those experiences where people have told me to go a certain way and I kind of go halfway down that path, like you're saying, whether it's naming a book or a course or even the idea of, 
a product. You know, I've nearly created so many physical products. They have never materialized. <laughs> but I get so far down a path and I listen to so many different people. And all of a sudden I'm like, this wasn't the idea I had in the first place. And then I'll Ooh. kind of abandon it and move on. And and if I hadn't have kept listening and I would have just gotten quiet, I probably would have stopped creating that thing a long time ago and realized I didn't need another project. But I didn't. Can I ask um, you a question just yes. so everybody knows? Like, yes. When you're doing that, there was money involved, right? Like you yes. put a lot of money on the line. Yes. You had a lot of money into the projects. Yes. You had a lot of money into like the timeline. Maybe you hired teams. Maybe you like all of the things. Maybe you told people. Maybe you brought people in that now you're embarrassed. You're saying maybe because you know I did. Because uh, I did too. <laughs> and so you still yeah. stopped it yeah. once you knew it was wrong. So I want to tell you that because you're going to think I can't because I have, I'm going to lose this money. I can't because I told these people. I can't because now this mentor knows and has put so much time into me and I feel guilty and I have to show up in this way because they invested in me. You can't drag a dead body up a hill. Like you can't, you can't do it. No, and I'm so glad you called that out because that's, that's the idea of I'm going to lose this money. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the amount of times, even so many situations that I've been in, but even this, you know, the idea I was going to launch a product and I was like, this is the new thing. Like, I'm not busy enough. I'm, you know, I was, <laughs> could use one more thing. I need another thing. I was already pregnant at the time. I'm like, okay, one more th- what's one more thing? And there was a lot of money in there. And, you know, we had a conversation of like, do we really want to continue this or are we just doing because we think we should? And we decided to pause it. And rather than seeing it as money lost, it was kind of, that was an investment in, kind of dipping our toe in and realizing we shouldn't have been doing it. And that investment has actually got me so much more focused than I would ever have been. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't really a loss. Like, yes, it can feel like a bit of a loss, but I really was able to see it as if I hadn't have put the money in, I would have kept floating this idea in my head, telling myself, this this is a genius idea. Just the mental space that would have taken up. I was sitting in, sitting in my head for so long. This is a genius idea. No one's done this yet. Why don't I do this? Okay, I just need to do it. And it wasn't until I really invested the money and got serious about it that I realized, you know what? It probably is a good idea, but it's not my idea to launch. And if someone else goes and does it, then I'll buy it. And that feels really good. I'm glad I spent the money to do that. 100% reframe it and go back to the you before you were clear when you were like, oh, should I do it? If someone said, I am going to give you exact extreme crystal clarity if you pay me this amount. Would you have paid it? Yeah. That's all that we do. That's literally the same exact investment. And we just have to go down the path to experience what that is because you can't see the path. But we trust it more when it's an expert. We don't trust it so much when it feels like it's money that we lost because somehow we trust other people more than we trust ourselves. Oh, yeah. Me. But I like (laughs) reframing it like that. Like, oh, that was just someone I was paying to mentor me in this direction. I've never Mm -hmm. heard it like that before. That's you a know? mic drop moment, Lauren. We need the stuff. Get the mic. Please. We need the stuffed mic. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone 
own number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.